Welcome to the Good Times Are Killing Us podcast. It's your boy Mark, and I am joined as always by the wonderful K Town. Yo, K Tizzy in the hizzy. And the gentleman and scholar, David. Hey, what's up, everybody? At Skulking in the background tonight, we also have our producer level uh, <laughs> guest, uh, Chris. Hey, what's up, y'all? Chris. But this is the podcast where <laughs> this is the podcast where we explore the history, the good, the bad, and the ugly of the most controversial people, movements, and organizations in our modern world. We'll tell you the story, and then we'll give you our take. And today we're doing our very first Tales from the Abyss. So this is going to be an episode where we do uh, a couple uh, a couple smaller topics. Um, although we found out that really all of these topics could have been their own episodes, but we just kind of wanted to do a few different things, a sort of uh, a light dive into each of these things. Um, and have a few different topics all sort of together. So we're gonna, we're gonna do this is kind of like a normal episode, but it's gonna be more of a big oop style episode uh, applied to like regular real topics. Yeah, it's a little bit of an oof. It's a little bit of a regular episode. We're just giving light dives into these weird fucking stories. But before we get into these uh these weird fucking stories that we got for you guys, make sure you follow us on the socials on the Facebook at the Good Times Are Killing Us podcast. You can hit us up. Tell us how you feel about the podcast. Uh, tell us what you want us to talk about. What our next tales from the abyss could be about. On the Instagram, you can reach out to us at Good Times Killing Us Podcast, no spaces, and on the Twitter at good underscore times underscore dead. Dead, 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 dead. Yo, real quick, I will say probably the next topic we need to cover is the history of onions. Ooh. <laughs> Are there layers? Are there layers to this? There, bro, there's layers to this shit. There's a whole onion mafia. You don't even know. Holy oh, God. Shit. Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, I'm not surprised. I mean, we haven't even mentioned the topics yet. On this, on this episode, we're going to be covering uh, Chiquita Bananas. We're going to be doing a mini dive into Martin Scarelli and the Mole Men. We're wrapping up with the Mole Men. But goddamn, I mean, I think the first topic we're going to get into is the history of Chiquita Bananas, which is one of those things that, like, K-Town was just like, hey, you know, maybe we should do uh, bananas for a topic. We can talk about Dole Bananas. And then um, we looked into it, and we just found out about the – history of like imperialism in central america yeah like some really like some really fucked up shit going down with like pretty much i mean dole is 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 it's part of it but really mostly chiquita bananas they really got the bloody dark history of all this shit and wow we didn't know we didn't know what we were getting into when we first tapped in like we said we this shit could have been its own episode yeah, but, this um, shit is absolutely bonkers. So you know, with every ep- with every episode, uh, we're basically going to have we're going to be doing this with like three small episodes. So we're going to be applying the whole formula to each of these. So we got to kick things off. Where are y'all coming at? Where are y'all coming from with bananas? <laughs> straight up, yo, straight up. Hold on, hold on. I'm gonna let you finish. Hold on. I just need I need to get this off my chest. Go ahead. I don't I don't fuck with bananas. Oh. They are my least favorite fruit. In the world, they they have horrible texture. They smell bad. They taste bad. They're fibrous. They rot all the time. Tell me you ain't never been to a house and seen a rotten banana. There's always a rotten banana somewhere in a public space and public view. Like banana, like you slip on them and like break your back. Like bananas suck, bro. Bro, I'll be driving my I'll be driving my cart. And I fucking be getting, I just be hitting these fucking bananas, slip sliding away. I gotta avoid fucking turtle shells, blue getting shells. Getting spun out, yeah. Getting, getting spun, spun out these goddamn bananas, bro. 
Ah, <laughs> uh, dude. Yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna pretend I don't fuck with bananas. I mean, they're not Damn. like my go-to fruit, but like I, I do enjoy bananas from time to time. Yeah, I used to make a mean like strawberry banana smoothie. You know, um, yeah, I, I enjoyed bananas, but after like some of this shit, I'm definitely looking at bananas different, man. I'm looking at them kind of sideways, bro. Yeah, same. I'm coming from pretty much the same spot. Like, I do agree. I'm not the biggest fan of banana texture. I really like banana flavor in a lot of stuff, like a banana flavored, like, uh, like candy and things like that. I tend to like, like but, a laffy taffy. Exactly, like that. And which we found out is actually a different type of banana than the one that is mass produced for us. Which we'll, we're going to get into that in a little bit. But like, yeah, I mean, the texture is kind of weird. But overall, I mean, when I go to the store and I want to get like a nice uh, fruit, you know. I usually do get bananas. Bro, now get a different. fucking apple, dog. I don't know, bro. I don't really fuck with apples. apples. I don't know. Oh, a Fiji apple, bro? I mean, Fiji's like apples just are built different, dog. So I it's a question where we're coming at with bananas or where we're coming at with this whole scandal because, like, I didn't know shit about this scandal. And yeah, so, in terms of the scandal, I did not realize the dark world of bananas. This yo, shit is yo, yo, welcome, crazy. yo, welcome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, K Town like lightly mentioned it on like a couple episodes ago, and like, yeah, here we go diving down the rabbit hole just a little. Let's just let's just yeah. give them the brush strokes real quick, y'all. <laughs> Yeah, so let's get on into it. So if you don't already know, bananas actually came from Southeast Asia and Australia. That's where they're native. But eventually they had kind of migrated to Central America. And in fact, the average person until like the kind of the late uh, 1800s was not really aware. The average person, at least in the Western world, was not really aware of bananas until they premiered at the World's Fair. Where pretty much everyone was like, holy shit. Ah, I've never seen this banana before, see? And they were just, they were hooked, dog. Yo, the bananas literally dropped at the World Fair. Like, <laughs> like, yo, could you imagine a fruit dropping nowadays? Like, <laughs> someone's just like, "Yeah, bitch, this is a coconut." <laughs> I'd be stoked. I'd be. I mean, I don't know. Actually, at this point, I'd be like, "All right, how to jump?" Actually, I feel kind of like the yeah, acai berry. The acai berry kind of dropped a couple years ago and like mm. just went on a rampage. True, Damn. true. But I don't know. I feel like. A, we're we're overdue for a brand new fruit, but I do I agree with pain. That would be kind of sus. Like they're just like, oh yeah, oh now there's welcome to the blah 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 blah. <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, fuck that. So when this banana really started popping off in Central America, um, all these different fruit companies were kind of getting involved in the business. There was one guy who pretty much was just kind of carving his way through Central America, but he had other competition. Um, and eventually they all kind of decided they were like, you know what? Let's all kind of convene together and form the UFC, the United Fruit Company. Uh, not not to be um, not to be confused with Ultimate Fighting Championship. <laughs> Yo, but they both they both cause the per, uh, concussions and cracking skulls, like both Many both skulls. UFCs. Yeah, and, and the main reason that these companies kind of came together was because, I mean, like we were talking about earlier, bananas spoil very, very quickly. So if you're going to actually get bananas uh, straight from Central America to consumers across the United States and Europe and all that, you really have to be able to have a really effective system. You can't have all this different bullshit getting in the way, and that's why they basically formed together. Yeah, basically, it was a, a, a dude, it was Minor Cooper Keith, who had the uh, tropical trading and uh, transport company, because he had all these railways around Costa Rica. He had, like, a shit ton of land in Costa Rica, and he was using them to ship bananas. He had built these railways to, like, ship, like, originally, like, coffee beans and shit, but over time, 
but he was planting these bananas and had all these plantations, all this land. So, but all that shit went belly up, I guess. And his competition, which was the Boston Fruit Company that was owned by uh, Lorenzo Baker and Andrew Preston. They were like shipping shit with steamboats and stuff. They came together to make the United Fruit Company. And so when their powers combined, this built-in infrastructure was like ready-made to like ship these bananas in mass to fucking the u.s and to the west and though you might get the united fruit company confused with the ufc uh they are actually (laughs) they they are uh the original or that is where chiquita banana comes from so basically everything that we're about to be talking about henceforward i mean we can even probably just call them chiquita bananas henceforward yeah we're talking about chiquita the modern company that like you've probably bought most of your bananas if you bought them from chiquita banana all this shit here on forward is chiquita so this is about where stops being remotely chill (laughs) yeah 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 but this is where it starts getting kind of wild because like they had so much they like at a certain point in um they start buying up land in other places like guatemala and honduras and fucking colombia panama and uh, yeah by the the 1940s chiquita owned 40 percent of guatemala's arable land but just straight up clearing rainforest building uh plantations building airports on whole towns like entire like towns and airports exclusively devoted to bananas gotta get these nanners bro shit's 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 bananas out here bro (laughs) bro someone had to say oh damn you got it you got it got Got him but yeah, I mean, these people were crazy. Like, what's what 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 it is is like they were so like essential to what was going on in that country. They basically became like a kind of their own sort of proxy arm of the uh, a milit- uh, or the American capitalist class, kind of working uh, in cahoots with, for example, the Guatemalan government and several other arms of the government out there. In fact, they even ran a postal service for one country in Central America for a number of years. They were just like, yeah, can y'all just like mail shit? They're like, yeah, we're already everywhere we have the planes we have the the transportation it's only y'all's employees mailing our employees mailing shit to each other i guess why not so they just had their hands in in everything every part of like the government in like some of these places man in in central america it's really crazy they started calling them el pulpo (laughs) el pulpo which is spanish for the octopus because they had their hands in everything baby yeah, you're like an octopus. It's got tentacles. Got a bunch of them. They're all over the place. Y'all yeah, tentacles are j- touching everything. They were they were really big into like uh, hentai. So like they those <laughs> octopus when they were talking about octopus being in everything, like they meant it. This like, is we're funny until fucked by El Pupo. This is funny until we do our hentai episode and we find out that this is somehow related, <laughs> like tangentially. <laughs> Straight up. Um, so what's crazy is like, yes, it might seem like, okay, they're providing jobs, maybe, um, they're starting to, you know, maybe lift up the infrastructure of these countries, but eventually Chiquita began to intervene, um, by suppressing any sorts of uprisings that were happening on the behalf of the people, because basically like, these are people in Central America who are like, hey, like, we're not always getting paid the best. Like, could we do anything to maybe like have control over our own country instead of all of the control being vanquished? to this big American corporation. But basically, Chiquita was intervening with any sorts of like militant groups that could get involved. And eventually, whenever these people would intervene, by la- they would label like uh, the people in these countries as communists. And at this time period, United States was not fucking with communists. Yeah, dude. So yeah, in Colombia, it was, uh, it was November 12th of 1928 that 3,200 of these uh, United Fruit Chiquita workers went on strike. And fucking, they were just asking for, like, 
regular shit, pretty much. Like, they wanted shorter hours, better pay, some health care. Uh, they were getting paid in vouchers that were they wanted to get yeah. paid like in real money because they were getting paid in like vouchers for these united fruit like general stores that were in their united fruit towns so like, like it, you don't literally, want more bananas? it literally was like the coal towns in like west virginia yeah dude it, it was yeah. like yeah yeah exactly like this was just a fucking united fruit town there's united fruit hospitals united fruit schools and churches and they get paid in united fruit money so it really is a fucked up thing because like these people are kind of like it's like indentured servitude because like what yeah. do you do if you want to leave this life you step outside of this town you have literally shit to show so they want to get better worker rights better pay and pretty much Chiquita snitched to the united states government and said yo they want better pay better worker rights I think they got fucking communism going down here, baby. Yeah, United States communism. was like, and the United States was like, oh hell no. Reagan was like, nah, motherfucker. <laughs> this is in 1920. <laughs> a little bit before, yeah, a little bit before Reagan. But <laughs> no, no, Reagan was still sucking dick back then. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, um, dicks are kind of shaped like bananas, so I'm gonna use that to uh, <laughs> bring it back. <laughs> to bring it back to. Uh, to <laughs> To uh, the Banana Republic real quick. This is something, maybe, we, we, maybe we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves, but let's mention this real quick. I honestly did not realize that the term Banana Republic comes from this whole occupation, where basically a Banana Republic refers to um, an area that is being totally exploited by a capitalist organization, where basically like the, represent, the representation is only on the behalf of the capitalist enterprise and not the people themselves. So you you thought here. you thought some shitty overpriced white person store <laughs> with penny loafers and fucking Panama uh, jack hats was named wasn't named after some capitalist nightmare? I mean, I didn't know that specifically, but <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, I'm I did not know real, this. I'm feeling real I'm, problematic right now because I I went there last week in Dallas. They ain't no penny loafers, but uh, I bought some nice shirts. <laughs> they were overpriced, but goddamn, because actually, as you were speaking, Payne, I was like, "Is that what banana probably means? What the fuck does that yeah. mean, dude?" And that's what, where that's where it and got I going. bought it, and now I feel real because I spent. Three hundred something dollars on some shirts there, and now I'm feeling Chris, real man, bad. Chris, man, if you don't get the I'm fuck off this bad. line, bro. <laughs> yeah, 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 Chris, get out of here. Sorry. <laughs> well, I sell BMWs and buy three hundred dollar Hawaiian uh, shirts. Real quick, man. Real quick, it was coined. The bad. Banana Republic was coined by an American author named O. Henry, literally to describe the uh, United Fruits like occupation or their whole situation with Honduras at the time. So, like, that's where it comes from, like, literally this situation. Why would you name a store after that, though? Like, that's just all I, bad. If I would have known that's what it was, I would have never shopped there. Like, hey, ever. I, I, I'll say I think it's because it, it sounds kind of all right. Like, the name Banana Republic sounds fine. It rolls um, off the tongue. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, just think like, oh, you think of like, oh, cool, we're all playing with bananas. It's a whole, like, organization, a town of bananas. Like, that, that sounds kind of chill. But you it's like think- maybe people like that, uh, you know, sketchy history. It's like when you buy it, you're like, I know I'm a real piece of shit right now buying this. So bringing it back around really quick, Banana Republic. But in Colombia, which wasn't really necessarily exactly a Banana Republic, but they did have their hands deeply in Colombia's shit. A bunch of workers went on strike in November uh, of uh, 1928, 3200. And United Fruit cried communism to America. America told Colombia, get your shit in order or we're going to bring Marines in there and invade. And Colombia literally sent their military, set them up around this um, uh, 
they called it a protest, but these people were literally listening to a speech by the governor and they told him they needed to get there. It was like 3000 people. They told him they needed to get out of the area within five minutes, which was pretty much impossible. And then when they did it, they open fired on the crowd. They literally killed like 3000 men, women and children like fucking yeah, nuts. Yeah. Apparently they like they only said that they killed forty seven. <laughs> like imagine you got this just these like mass piles of bodies and they're like uh, forty seven. They're probably like forty five. I'm saying forty five and they're like no, come on man, it's clearly not. And they're like all right, fine, it's forty seven, forty seven. There was just like <laughs> mass death, like thousands of people are dead because of this on behalf of yeah again the American military, um, yeah. as well as I mean as well as their own. I mean basically. You know, we're, again, we're kind of getting brushstrokes here, but a lot of these countries did kind of fall in line with what America was doing in those countries to basically benefit from America. They're like, look, you guys are the ones bringing this money in. You guys are the ones with the big guns. We'd rather be on their side than our people's side because our people are poor. I mean, when it boils down to it, there's also, I mean, that's that's where this destabilization that we that we have in South America today really comes from. Is the, it yeah. like the United States basically introduced the destabilization and the people just kind of dealt with the hand that was given to them. The rules have been changed, so they had to learn how to play by new rules. A lot of neo-colonialism going on out there in Central America with fucking uh, Chiquita Banana really kind of honing that, that shit and fucking... I don't know, dude. It's just fucked up. That 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 banana masker thing really fucked me up. I didn't know about that. You know, you guys can look that up for more information, but... Yeah, look wow. it up. The banana massacre, which, I mean, does not sound... It sounds like <laughs> comical almost, like... Like you just imagine like a bunch of bananas getting squashed or like getting a big chunk of out. banana. Yeah. You don't think like, oh, like thousands of people being executed just, be, just by because their own of government, by their own yeah. military. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, so as time went on, the original bananas became a sort of monoculture. Um, so basically like all of these different bananas, like there were so many different types of bananas, but we wanted to kind of McDonaldize them. So there was a scientist in England that went on to like form a single type of banana, and it's now called the Gros Michel type of banana that you buy whenever you buy a banana at the store. It's the the reason that they all look exactly the same is because they're all the Gros Michel. It was a banana that was basically genetically modified by this British scientist to be all uniform. However, the consequence of having every single banana be exactly the same is because of that lack of biodiversity. It actually really invites like microbes and disease to. Uh, basically like manifest because there's no sort of like diversity of organisms to kind of fight off each other. There's just one single thing. And if a disease can fight off that, whatever that, you know, if it can overcome that plant, then, then that's got that. Yes. It's, they're super susceptible because once these things crack the code, baby, then they're in. And that's what happened pretty much with the Gros Michel banana. So really, honestly, the Gros Michel banana is all but like extinct. They're not easy to find. So the banana, the bananas we have in stores today are. Oh, sorry, are, it was a Cavendish banana. Yes, are sorry. the Cavendish bananas? Yeah, exactly. The Gros Michel bananas are the ones. They're actually the bananas, like you said earlier. You love the artificial flavor bananas. The Gros Michels. They're based off the Gros Michels. Yeah, which were like a sweeter. I gotta get one of those, man. I really. Yo, gotta have you? One. Have you? Know, speaking of how shit bananas are, have you ever seen a banana spider? Yeah. They taste they're, monst they're monsters. Bro. <laughs> they're monsters, bro. Like uh, just oh, another yeah. reason not to fuck with bananas. Just another goddamn reason. <laughs> they're huge. They're monsters, bro. Yeah, they're stopping. They're stopping little bugs that you don't like, man. Don't come for spiders. The motherfuckers dude. are eating hawks, bro. 
<laughs> they're eating they rats. Eat, they eat, they eat monkeys. The Blue monkey cats. goes up to grab a banana, and that motherfucker's grabbing that monkey up, bro. <laughs> All right, so let's let's fast forward a little bit because we're not again we're not doing an entire episode about this. This is just a tales from the abyss. Let's move on a little bit towards like the uh, the nineties and two thousands. Um, so basically, uh, Chiquita got in trouble in two thousand one um, because uh, after nine eleven, uh, the government was trying to organize to give the people that had suffered because of nine eleven the victims and their families uh, a bunch of money, and basically they want to help benefit anybody that had been a victim of terrorism. However, Chiquita Banana by this time, they're like, the United States government, we fund terrorists. Yeah, yeah, dude. So, like, they tried, it was called the JASTA Act, or the 9-11 Victims Bill, Justice Against uh, Sponsors of Terrorism. And Chiquita paid over $800,000 to lobbyists and lawyers to kind of, like, try to block this bill, which... Bad optics, really. Chiquita's <laughs> yeah. They're like, why are you trying to stop this bill that's trying to help 9-11 victims? It doesn't look good. But Chiquita basically was like, well, because, you know, we were funding terrorists. Yeah, you know, exactly. For a long time, for like 20 years. Yeah, so it turns <laughs> out that, like, yeah, since like the 80s, they've been funding uh, a paramilitary, a far-right paramilitary group called the United Self-Defense Forces of Colombia, otherwise known as the AUC, who basically, they kind of started out um, fighting against like communist factions in the country. And Chiquita was like, hey, we could definitely use that muscle because those communist factors are or those communist factions are bad for business. So, again, they're funding literal far right extremist groups to fight people who are trying to have their own uprisings to kind of seize their own land and give it back to the people. Granted, I'm not going to say that all these communist groups are probably like, you know, perfect by any means, but yeah. nonetheless. Yeah, yeah, but but the AUC was already like in 2001 they were already labeled as like a terrorist group by the US and and a bunch of other agencies and like some of the stories, I mean you can look up some of the horror stories from some of the shit they've done in like in like the the civil wars of the of, of Colombia and stuff, but yeah, uh <clears throat> Jaquita was paying them off, man. They were paying them big bucks. So apparently between 97 and 2004, Jaquita had funneled, I guess, over $1.7 million to these goons. And uh, <laughs> this was uh, – Jaquita would tell you that this was for protection and, you know, because, like, these are the and, – and not only just to the AUC, but other – different factions paramilitary groups whoever was in power at the time the the paramilitary group of the day if you will yeah and uh they they would say that this was for protection and shit but i guess there's been people who have countered this and said that like now nah, they were paying them to like really kind of bully people and and kind of be be the muscle in, on these farms and stuff i mean what i'd imagine is the auc they've been doing it for a while so i mean i think i don't know if chiquito was like in the in the room talking about every single assassination and everything like that i think it's just that they were giving them the money to do what they do best because uh Keitan, you'd come in with a little bit of history about the uac basically the uac uh started off um as a group that was fighting against farc which is a communist group yeah so they, they started off as a um uh pretty much farmers like the two founding brother the castillo brothers like their father had been killed by like farc uh, he was a rich landowner, and when the communists came, like they killed their father, who was a farm landowner, and they found they they started fighting communists. But then the CIA and the um, Cali cartel, when they were at their height of their fight against Pablo Escobar and the Medellin cartel, started funneling the money to find, uh, and they founded Los Pepe's, mm. which was like this this like military like anti narco group 
that just pretty much like went around all of Colombia and just murdering people in the most horrific ways to pretty much catch Pablo Escobar. Um, so like they were literally backed um, monetarily and uh, training wise and with weapons like the CIA pumped them full of shit because they wanted to kill commies and Pablo Escobar. And this was like enemy number one for both of those groups. Yeah, Los Pepes is basically the group that turned into the UAC. Like, basically, yeah. after they eventually did kill Pablo Escobar, it was like, all right, it's time to actually get a little bit more legit. We can't just be Los Pepes anymore. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, they became the Ninth Self-Defense Force of Colombia, and they became, like, uh, a little bit more, uh, not not governmental, I suppose, although to some degree, considering the destabilization of that country. But uh, they became just more legit. They were they were actually, like, a real organization. They weren't just, like, a band of boys and, I mean, look at what they were doing. They were getting huge cash payouts by corporations like Chiquita Banana. Yeah, um, although it is, it, is, it is worth mentioning they did eventually disband in 2006, which I every source has used the word disbanded for the United Self-Defense Force of Columbia, which I think is kind of a funny <laughs> word to use. Hey, like, the yeah, bro, broke they, bro- up. they broke they up, broke bro. Up. <laughs> yeah, dude, they had, a good, they had a good run, but, you know, but... Bro, I remember when they fucking... Re- when they dropped... Uh, killing Pablo Escobar. I forgot when they dropped fucking. Uh, they dropped all those Pop- beheadings in a row, like a bunch of mixtapes. <laughs> that shit was. Yeah, fire, they did dog. that raids against the machine cover, killing in the name of Chiquita. Yeah. <laughs> real quick, yo, it was, real quick. Just the opposite of that song. <laughs> yeah, 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 literally. Yeah. Some of those that run forces are the same that, that grow bananas. <laughs> all right. So real quick, man, before we move on to like what's kind of going on presently with Chiquita, and I know we're running a little bit long on this, I want to tell you guys the tragedy of Eli M. Black, okay? Mm. Uh, Of Darth Plagueis. (laughs) Yeah, listen, man. Okay, so around in the 60s and stuff, uh, Chiquita wasn't doing so well, and they ended up having to merge again with this company called AMK. I think it was a... American meat something. There were a meat packaging and manufacturing business. And in 1970 is when they had, I mean, and so in 1970 is when they merged. So AMK was owned by this dude, Eli M. Black. And so at the time he bought out, it was, this was like 10% of United Fruits like shares. It was like a $40 million acquirement. It was like the biggest at the time, you know, that was like tracked and stuff. And when he bought it, you know, he also acquired a lot of this bad blood. So he was trying to kind of change things up, you know, like he was giving people better wages and stuff. He was trying to like diversify, not just fucking with bananas. He was buying like other companies. He bought like AMW and a couple other corporations kind of. Built, oh, yeah. I have heard this actually. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, but long story short, just, this was a bad move, this acquisition. And it, it there was just the banana, the banana industry was competitive and cutthroat. And there was a lot of debt that was coming with, with uh United fruit and keeping up with it just wasn't really working out, dude. So he actually ended up with making some really like low moves and shit. And I guess he got caught uh, bribing the president of Honduras and it, it came out in this scandal. He was it, it was uncovered by the SEC, the Securities and Exchange Commission, who we're going to talk about a little bit later in our next uh, our next little tale. But uh, they uncovered a one point four million dollar bribe that he was uh, making with the president of Honduras to get like a tax reduction on these banana exploits. 
And uh, that shit came out in like February of like 1975 is when this all came out. But a couple weeks before mm-hmm. that, <laughs> Eli, yeah, Eli Black didn't make it that long. He had went up to his uh his uh office, you know, on a regular day, you know, and he knew this shit. He knew he was getting exposed, and he fucking busted out his window, 44 floor in Manhattan, fucking busted out his window and jumped out of it onto Park Avenue. <laughs> These bananas killed so- this man. This shit is so crazy because, like, this is like a fucking meat packer guy. Like, this is a dude who's just like he's just some capitalist guy who's who's trying to make big money moves, and he's like, "Hey, fuck it." I mean, basically the same shit that I mean, he's kind of like any of us. I mean, if you didn't already know about this banana like shit, you would have just thought, "Okay, bananas are just another like Chiquita is just another company. They're just another corporation that imports a product." And that's what this guy seems to have thought. He was like, "All right, I'm going to buy in uh, in the banana biz," but he did not. He just wasn't ready. He was not ready for like the types of shit that was involved no. in that sort of context. And the next thing you know, he's like, uh, maybe I should just uh, bribe the president of Honduras. I guess that's what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> and couldn't take the it probably would have worked. And he probably it probably would have worked. I'm sure Chiquita was bribing people all over the place. It sounds like that's just their track I- record. But I don't know. He got caught up. He just, you know, he got the yeah. tough end of the stick. You know what the worst part of this, too, is that, like, after the scandal came out, after he died and everything, and they were exposed, uh, they got found guilty, and they were charged, like, $15,000 for this crime. Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's like nothing. Yeah. <laughs> My man was Fuck. bribing the president of Honduras for $1.4 and, like, went and killed himself over this scandal. And then when it all came out, it was $15,000 that they were charged. I'm, I'm going like to go to boss man Biden and be like, yo, Biden, I got, like, I got, like, five hundo. Can you please promote the podcast in your next <laughs> State of the Union address? Bro, what, what? – I don't no, want no, that. Dude, bro, you I know do not what would be wild? <laughs> I don't want no, that. No, bro, we could probably get Trump to to fucking like do a cameo for us. Bro. Oh, like, is, he, is he on cameo now? I'm sure, bro, I'm sure if we were like 1500 bucks for them say like the good times are killing us and like that's it. We could probably get that, bro. <laughs> dude, honestly, Donald Trump Donald Trump Donald Trump Jr. does cameo really yes. oh, i have heard that actually we Dude, could get that- donald trump jr to be like uh, the good times are killing us i wish my dad loved me <laughs> <laughs> all right um, but, but all right so what's, what's going on with what's going on with jakita these days man are they out of the shit yet are they well more or less it seems like uh today they're not really like paying off these terrorist organizations anymore they're not sponsoring whole government coups but when you've got that sort of history in a country i mean your influence is gonna be kind of embellished into it and nowadays they're just they're pretty much able to get away with uh you know pretty bad i mean still pretty bad stuff so even though there's not all this violence going on um, at least on behalf of Chiquita directly, they are still spraying mass pesticides over uh, these banana uh, plantations and farms all throughout uh, South America, mostly Central America. And, you know, the reasons that they have those are obviously to kill like bugs and diseases and things like that. However, these you gotta are keep having- those Cavendishes fresh, baby. You got to keep those Cavendish bananas nice and plump and ripe. Exactly. And they don't give a fuck if that apparently has major negative effects on the people. So here's actually a quote um, from the Pulitzer Center where they said, Communities surrounding banana plantations where pesticides pollute the air and contaminate public water wells face increased odds of negative neural behavior effects, including learning disabilities, autism spectrum disorder, and ADHD. 
Banana plantation workers face the highest exposure and health problems, including a heightened risk of developing multiple types of cancers, chronic kidney disease, infertility, dermatitis, central nervous system damage, and neurotoxic effects that can lead to increased suicide ideation, depression, and anxiety. So basically, Jeez. these pesticides are fucking melting people's brains. Yeah, fucking damn, hell, damn, dude. damn, this is the shit that's fucking me up. It's not just me. It's it's literally bananas. <laughs> you don't this even eat bananas. bananas. This pesticide, you, you, fu- this pesticide, getting me like that. You established at the beginning of this that you do not fucking. Yeah, with but bananas. my apples at the store sit next to the banana, so I must be getting hit something. Okay, that's got to explain it. Fair enough. Well, no, fair enough. Well, apparently it doesn't have an effect when it's actually gotten to you, but when it's fallen, like, I mean, they're literally crop dusting this shit from planes, and it's falling fresh onto these communities themselves, whereas by the time yeah. that we get the bananas, they've been cleaned, you know, there's an extremely low risk of any sort of uh, exposure or anything for, for us, but these, for the people these, of these communities, they're getting fucked. Yeah, these dudes are coming like in the on the farm, orange. literally. Yeah. <laughs> These dudes are coming in uh, on the farm for lunch, literally soaked in this shit. And this, this some of this, these pesticides are, like, banned in, like, the U.S. and Europe and fucking, uh, you know, fucking Canada and shit. But they're using them knowingly with all these fucking these symptoms. They're using them in Central America because technically it's not they illegal. Can. It's just yeah. it's just unethical. <laughs> I mean, that's and that's the thing, man, is like, yeah, I mean, I mean. So many of these companies that do things that we might think are right, it's only because they can't do worse. If you ever give a company the ability <laughs> yeah. to do the absolute worst shit, they will do it. They're going to do the absolute <laughs> worst shit they possibly can do unless someone calls them out for it. Mm. All right. All Is right. that all we got on bananas? We went a little long on this banana shit, but like, and we, like I said, we, these are just the brush jokes. There's, I've got like another page of notes we're not even going to get into, but like, fuck it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we, I mean, this is one of those things where we realize, like, man, we could easily do an entire episode about this, and who knows, maybe someday we will revisit and do a proper. I mean, one, we but... basically just did. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about it. The good times killing us. Let's round table it up. All right, bananas. Uh, bananas in general. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> bananas in general. No, bananas. The banana in general, business. We've heard your story. We know your bloody dark history, and now we're gonna judge you. Uh, bananas are the good times killing us. I'm going to start it off. I'll kick it off. And I will say that, um, you know, I've enjoyed you banana, uh, banana for my British listeners. Uh, and, but, 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 uh, dude, like, I don't know, man, this is going to fuck me up. And like Chiquita is, it's not like there's some like, uh, local, Oh, maybe, maybe there's like, I don't know, man. Are there some like local farmer's market bananas you can get? Like, are they tied to this, this industry? You know? No. What, what farmers grow <laughs> bananas in Virginia, bro? What? <laughs> no. Oh uh, man. I don't want to say bananas are killing us in general, but this history is, this history is dark, man. It's pretty bad. It's a tough look. Uh, I'm going to say the good times are not killing bananas, but they're definitely killing Chiquita. And I'm going to try my best not to fuck with any of you chiquita bananas or anything that chiquita's got their hands in um yeah i'll, I'll follow up just because i did a very uh, brief amount of research so i looked it up and apparently very few bananas are produced in the united states it's literally just because of the climate it is not it's not conducive to growing them they really work best near the equator uh there is about 500 acres of them um in florida southern florida so there's that i mean that's about as tropical as you can get in the united states so there's that but yeah chances are if you're getting bananas like Oh, the overwhelming majority of them are made in Central America mm, um, or grown in Central America. 
So I don't know, man. Like I, I do, I do like bananas, but it is kind of weird, man. Like I, I think I'm realizing we're not meant to have bananas. I don't think that if you don't live in a place where they grow, you're not supposed to have them. So that's that's it, baby. Like I don't know. I'm not fucking. I mean, it's a bummer because I like the flavored bananas or like banana flavor. But I, granted, that is a different type of banana in, in, anyway. It's not like bananas are put into actual like laughing taffies and shit. So I'm gonna say it, man. Bananas in general. Because of all of this shit that I've just learned about how they've been cultivated and, and sent to us, bananas are fucking killing us, dog. Mm, I'm done. Mm, bananas, you're done. Okay, uh, uh, K-Town, you fuck with bananas, right? Yo, yo, straight up. <laughs> first off, I want to say, me and your boy Payne been really at odds for like the past year. We don't agree on anything. <laughs> like, we don't fuck with the same music. We don't fuck with the same video games. <laughs> what? Like, <laughs> like... <laughs> I, I like I generally don't think my boy Payne fucks with me at all, but like <laughs> I, I'm I'm so inspired right now that like my boy is like yo fuck bananas because like real talk fuck bananas they shit they subpar they they gross bad texture they killing people that's the they, main I mean like yeah, the, yeah. like yeah. fuck bananas bro blood bananas fuck bananas. Fuck bananas, bananas, man. Okay. Bananas are killing us. If you look, the only reason why you should eat a banana is because it's a high in potassium. And you know what else is high in potassium? Gatorade. Drink a fucking Gatorade if you need some electrolytes. Get a Gatorade, bro. It's better than a banana. Mm. Right, you so literally, literally, bananas have a lot of sugar in them too because they're a fruit. Get a sugar-free Gatorade, and you've literally erased the whole point of a banana off existence. Hey, well, well, there it is. But we do have a very special guest, so let's go ahead and pass it off to our guest. So, uh, yeah, Chris, Chris, what, what Chris do you think? Tappen. Now that you've learned about all this stuff, are, are bananas killing us? Let me just pop in real fast, and honestly, I'm just like any other listener right now because I'm popping in at real time. No research. <laughs> haven't been talking to the homies about this. I'm literally experiencing this at the same time that y'all are. And to be honest, this kind of got me at odds right now it kind of like you know really put me in a place because i had an issue with bananas beforehand but that's just a personal thing because my girl would buy them and then never eat them and and they're dead so they end up my freezer right now because she can make banana Mm. bread and then never did so they just chilling in my freezer so i had an issue with bananas beforehand even though honestly bananas are one of my favorite fruit I love the taste of it. I like it mixed in the smoothies. I like it mm. mixed in this, that, and the other. You know, I got no Chiquitas in my freezer. I got some Del Monte's, but... Del Monte's surely a shell company of Chiquita. <laughs> I promise If you. that's the case with all this, we're, we're still exploiting another culture for this because I... I played enough Tropico 5 and, you know, the other, like, civilization games where if it's not built in your environment or it's not built in your, you know, sector of, you know, ecosystem, you're probably not going to get it. And then you're just exploiting another, you know, culture to do so. So, you know what? I'm going to get my B12 for someone else. I'll take a B12 pill, but... Fuck Yo. bananas. After all this, I'm cooling out eating bananas. I'll do a line of coke, maybe. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck that brings me to that brings me to a point I forgot to bring up because I was so heated that me and Payne were on the same level. Like it just took me off. I'm glad to see you guys finally fucking yeah. with each other. Yo, again. finally, bro. Like, like Payne, yeah, bro. We finally fuck with each other. Payne, like I'm so happy. But like straight up, if you've ever been like some woke person who like, like granted, I don't think anyone should be doing coke because like like it's bad. Like no, was, we all accept joking. that. 
But like that's people's that's people's business, man. That ain't my business. But if you've ever been like, yo, it's humane to do co- inhumane to do coke because of like all the like drug cartels and like the people it affects and like the deaths it leads to, and you're just funneling terrorism, then you should have that same energy for bananas. Bananas and coke are on the same level. If you're gonna talk shit to your cousin and think he's a Oh, an asshole for doing cocaine you should feel the same way f- for that motherfucker on the bus eating a banana bro that's all i got to say i mean Yo, fuck it, bananas it's kind of facts it's kind of facts i, I, yeah. I i'm i'm gonna I, like i had to be the one person who doesn't like you know completely excommunicate bananas but you know i agree with everything everyone said except for them tasting like shit or whatever in k-town said. if my girl bro, lies trash, i might eat one though good. because i didn't yeah, buy it, it but good. you know since we're about to jump into an- another topic let's take a quick break hey are you a libertarian who hates laws and paying taxes but you don't have the funds from your own apartheid emerald mine then boy do we have the town just for your budget come on down to slab city usa the last free place in america where you can find all types of people like trash wizards doomsday preppers artists who specialize in found art or trash art Self-medicating veterans and live music? Bohemian counterculture, man. Self-proclaimed anarchists. Free-range humans. Trash, meth, $3 showers. Weak Weak Wi-Fi. Like really weak Wi-Fi. Electricity, but only during the day. I think there's like 50 copies of Time Cop down there, dude. You can get like 30 copies of The Lion King 2 on VHS. Mad Cat's GameCube controllers. And all other forms of wookery. Come on out to the desert and enjoy all the sights, sounds, and smells of Slap City. We'll see you there. Alright, y'all, we're back. And let's talk fucking Martin Shkreli. The last time y'all heard that name. <laughs> Martin so Martin, Martin Scarelli, otherwise known as the former bro, is the guy who increased the price of a drug called Daraprim, a medicine that was meant to uh, fight. Uh, what was it? What was it meant for? It's some. It's some toxins in the in the blood and in the system. There, they're they're used in. It's like, a very uh, rare disease that uh, infects the uh, infects the brain, but it's also often associated in AIDS patients. Yeah, it's a very specific uh, drug that fights a certain type of parasite related to HIV infection. Yeah, but apparently parasite. it. it it used to be $14, but he raised the price to $750. So by now you're probably like, oh, I know who you're talking about. The guy that pretty much took a drug. Uh, the main kind of headline was uh, former bro um, takes life-saving drug and jacks up the price to a ridiculous amount of money, uh, thus resulting in the death of potentially thousands of people or whatever. Some yeah. of that is, and it is a little bit of a half truth. The, far- the farmer bro, man, the farmer bro, the dude with the punchable face, the little nose. <laughs> yeah i mean the dude i mean all right well let's maybe get into his story and we'll get into how we actually feel about this guy but uh if you didn't already know um martin Scarelli, despite being a big money boy despite being the farmer bro he actually grew up very poor in fact his parents were janitors in uh, i believe it was uh the bronx in brooklyn in brooklyn brooklyn yeah, yeah so both, he was raised poor 
both his mom and dad were janitors. He grew up in a two-bedroom apartment with his uh, four siblings, man. So he did come up, yeah. like, tough, you know? Yeah, he but, was just, he was a poor and weird kid, and he eventually got really into stocks. Like, that became, like, you know how you kind of have your obsessions when you're a kid? Like, uh, you know, space or dinosaurs. This fucking little nerd got into stocks. Yeah, he was a big stonk boy even when he was like in middle school and shit. And I believe he even dropped out when he was 17 to intern at this hedge fund. And that yeah. was how he got his foot in the game. That was how he got it started. Yeah, he got involved with hedge fund managing and was able to make a pretty good amount of money. Um, and eventually he was able to uh, start a drug company. And that's how he bought the rights to Darafrim. Uh, or Dara Prim for uh, I forget exactly how much money it was, but it was quite a lot of money. And his whole kind of thing was, hey, if I'm going to sell, if I'm going to make money off this drug, I have to inflate the price. Yeah, yeah. And I'm going to run it back just a little bit because like, yeah, he, he, he so he interns for a while, gets in the fucking hedge fund shit. He starts his own uh, hedge fund uh, called MSB Capital Management in 2009. And then and where he was like working on bio stocks, he was selling bio stocks, which is like. I guess as far as stocks go, like kind of complicated because you you're already playing the stock game, but you also got to be into the pharmaceutical game, which was like his niche and why he mm -hmm. was like kind of coming up quick in that game. So then he fucking founded a pharmaceutical company called Retroprim. And long story short, um, he was constantly making big, long moves and stuff like that. It always didn't pay out. And he took a big hit and uh, the, the, the company Retroprim was taking heavy losses but he was lying to his investors about those losses. I'm just mentioning this because it's going to become important later. He was lying mm -hmm. to his investors saying that, you know, yeah, things are coming back. Or, you know, we're getting these handsome rewards and stuff and everything's good. And he was using money. He was stealing money from other places to pay his investors and shit. Uh, but long story short, he got caught lying by the SEC, the uh, Securities and Exchange Commission. And... Uh, <clears throat> He got he got he got voted out of, of being the CEO of his own company in 2014. But mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. A lot of scandal, like his whole like career. Yeah, which is remarkable because basically like I, I think um I think he thought that he was like a really sharp guy. And, and we're going to get into a little bit later. This guy's really into rap. He came from like a poor family. I think he it had a, a vision of himself as being sort of like a because um, again, this is why we call him the former bro. Right. He's kind of like this hedge fund Wall Street guy. That's also sort of this street kid. And I think that that sort of identity really got to him. It was like, yeah, I'm like, I'm a, I'm a big kind of uh, uh, a money guy, but I'm also a hustler. I'm also got a kind of gangster style, style to me. I'm going to make these big moves that no one's going to expect. I'm going to be just lying and cheating and cutting corners so I can secure the biggest bag I possibly can. And, you know, it did end up biting him in the ass quite a few times. After he, like, you know, got kicked out of his company, <laughs> he had to settle with those investors for 20 mil. Anyway, after all that stuff, he founded another pharmaceutical company called Turing Pharmaceuticals in 2015. And that's the company that bought the rights to Daraprim for a hefty sum. Okay. I don't really know what it was. Yeah, I mean, the whole thing with buying the rights to Daraprim and, uh, you know, the, why he jacked the price so high is because th this is such a kind of a weird backwards logic where he was like, hey, 
we paid all this money for this drug. Now we have to like make it profitable somehow. So the only way to make it profitable is to inflate the, fr- the price by 5,000%. But the natural question would be, okay, if you knew that that was going to happen, why did you buy the drug in the first place if you knew that you're going to have to jack it up so much? It's a weird logic. He's, what he would say, what he says is that uh, the product was not profitable I mean, it's like an old drug. It's been the same for like 70 years or something. And the whole way his uh, angle at uh, Turing Pharmaceuticals, his whole angle is like, we want to like do more research on these drugs and, you know, make them better. So I'm going to fucking jack up the price on this drug so that I can fund research to make a better version of this drug. <laughs> Yo, maybe don't spend like fucking forty million dollars on the Wu Tang album, and maybe put some of that money to research. <laughs> two mil, two uh, mil. But but I, I do you. wish I had that Wu Tang album. Oh, we all yeah, don't. Yeah, straight up, straight up. Like I love the Wu Tang Clan, but like that album's probably. Well, let, yeah, can, let's introduce that. So he, yeah, he did buy this album after in the middle of all of this going down when he's officially become famous as like the evil pharmaceutical uh, pharmaceutical industry like dork kid. That's when he goes off and buys an album from the Wu Tang Clan that, by my understanding, no one else can listen to. So they auction off this album. It's a one of a kind, just one. The original NFT. Yeah, <laughs> but it's actually worth it. It's actually fucking music, something you want, not yeah. just some dumb monkey picture. It was a, a one of a kind album that they they made, and it was auctioned off. I, it sounds like they said they didn't know that who it was sold to originally, but fucking um, he bought it for two million dollars at this auction, and uh, yeah, he he had it. He he and and he's him and maybe a couple people who've been over to his apartment have heard it. Like no one else has heard it. Like. And it's got, and to be clear, what's crazy about this is this has 31 tracks. So the Wu-Tang Clan recorded 31 tracks for a record that only one person can listen to. Do you think these tracks are even fire? I feel like they might be. No, so like, this is what I think happened. Wu-Tang had 31 songs that they were like not really feeling. Mm. (laughs) And they were like, if we put these out, we're not going to make money off them because they're not good songs. What if we just got some rich fuck to buy them for two mil and just take the fucking back and then no i one get has that to but him. in hindsight like any wu-tang song like produced by rizza with all that shit it's probably better than most of the shit that i hear or like it's fun yeah. whoa, whoa, yeah. okay okay day, i would boomer, still take you know, like, that any day yeah, it's still I, better I than the got than the goddamn mumble rap they got nowadays little uzi fart yeah, little uzi vert god dang it I love Bro, Uzi. I mean, there's I some good shit out there, album. but I fuck with Wu Tang day one. B's on the squad. Well, here's here's my uh, here's what I believe is there's a good chance. What if I, I think that when Wu Tang sent this album out, they probably assumed that like whoever bought it was going to just give the music out to everybody else. Yeah. Um, but maybe Barnes Squarely got it, and he was like, "Damn, I just paid two mil for this tr- for this album." And like, if you look at the album, like it it looks very cool on the outside. It has this cool like gold like solid gold sh- like uh, shell. But when you open it up, it's just a fucking CD. It's, it's a CD a in a jewel case. Disc. Bruh, good. I'm glad he got got. I hope he got got. I hope all the tracks are trash. I That's hope what I'm them, saying. They are all trash. I hope he got fucked over. And what Mark was saying earlier, yes, he has a punchable face. The most punchable face I've ever seen probably in years. And so, yes, I'm glad whatever happens to him, I don't want, I don't wish him a good tidings i hope that hey, everything yo, was horrible you kind of keep with the theme of the podcast uh, i i usually ask this question a lot about these people mm. 
You think Martin Squirrelly fucking? Yeah, he fucking, but not good. <laughs> money wasn't my money wasn't tight, but it wasn't right. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> well, it is interesting. I don't know how he treats all women, but we were watching the we were watching this Vice interview with him, and this dude straight up like uh, has a little. Uh, he segues into from his bedroom to talk to this girl. Um, which is just already fucking hilarious. Like, not not segue. What what are the little uh? No, it, little... it's a train. Oh, the, they call them skywalkers, but it's like a little hoverboard thing. One of those little hoverboard things. Yeah, he takes one of those like from like his bedroom in his New York apartment to this table to talk to the vice uh the vice interviewer, and then he plays fucking what? chess with her, and like she uses some move, and he's like, "So you play the Sicilian defense frequently, or?" No, I don't know what that even means. Okay. So I don't understand what wine we're drinking, and I don't understand the game that we're playing. So it's fine. The Sicilian defense is one of the more popular um, moves in chess, um, but uh, it doesn't appear you know how to play chess very well. No. And like, and I remember we were watching it, and we were just like, "Man, this dude is like so awkward with women. Like, is this how he talks to all women?" And then we go into the comments, and lo and behold, fucking the internet does exactly what the internet does. All the comments are about how much she sucks. She's like, yeah. of course, Vice would get this hipster girl. It's wild. I don't know. I don't know if he's fucking, but I, I right before we start recording, I found this interesting. Uh, I found a couple uh, news articles about this shit. It's about a year old, but apparently there was a woman who interviewed him uh, when he was going through some of his scandals. I think she was working for Bloomberg or something, but she actually apparently fell in love with Martin Screlly left her fucking husband like you know left her husband and left her life and like was talking this is while he's already locked up and like was uh talking about like starting a life with him apparently he was talking about starting a life with her and stuff too and then when she came out to the public about this fucking he denied all of it and he was like oh i wish her the best Uh, i don't know what this woman's talking about yo yo um, can i can I just interrupt for one second? Yeah. And I, I, I mean this in the most unmisogynistic way, <laughs> but like women, I'm looking into the camera right now. Women, what is y'all doing with these dudes in prison? <laughs> yeah, bro? Like know. y'all motherfuckers have lives. You have jobs and like families and this shit. Like, and y'all falling in love with like the worst dudes all the time. Like a successful like, journalist left her husband and quit her job to like start a life with Martin Screlly in prison. I mean, there. I, I've I've researched a little bit into the phenomenon of that, and it, it apparently it boils down to some crazy psychology of like dangerous men that are in jail. There's there's some part where like women might view them as being uh, like strong and protective, you know. And it, I guess it goes back to some very ancient natural instincts. I don't know. I'm not an anthropologist. I'm not you know. I don't study these things, so I'm not going to get too much into it. But there, you know, look up uh, anything on YouTube about it. There are podcasts, there's YouTube videos about this. It is a really unique phenomenon because yeah, a lot of serial killers end up getting wives and girlfriends while they're in jail. Cause like, I don't feel like, I don't feel like dudes are like showing up and putting the effort in like that. I see like women doing with like sociopaths. Like it's, it's, <laughs> it's just crazy. Like I, maybe I'm wrong. And like, maybe the news stories just bring it up the most, but like, I just like, it's like Ted Bundy and shit. Like, Women are like losing their minds over these motherfuckers. Yeah, men, it don't make well. No the sense problem is men are are the ones that kill women the most. So that's that's the yeah. problem is men. I mean, I don't know. I, I, men are the one that that do the actual terrible shit. But women yeah. sometimes just get a little bit wild for the men, I suppose. Yeah. So I don't know if he's fucking. I don't know if he's fucking or not. But he does. Hey, look, he's got. Well, successful if he's in journalists. jail, he definitely ain't fucking. He getting fucked. Look at his face. 
Well, a, a couple of the things I do want to mention before we kind of wrap this thing up is like, you know, like we said, his whole logic behind increasing the drug price uh, about 5,000% was so that he could fund research. Um, and he also made a, a point that the average person or yeah, literally everybody that actually buys this drug already has insurance and insurance companies will work with these people to not make it so much money. So basically the average person is not actually paying $750 for these drugs. Um, that's just technically the market price. Yeah. He's saying, he's well, saying, he's so saying that he's not, I'm not fucking the average dude and no one's going to die from not having Daraprim, which it's in a way true. I'm just fucking the insurance companies and the big yeah. corporations. But exactly. Yeah. He's yes. He's fucking the insurance companies and corporations, but he's also fucking Medicare. We looked into it last night and I found actual numbers to back this up. The average person that's on Medicare that's on this drug is paying $35,000 a month out of Medicaid, which is what we... Insurance is paying that or... No, no. Medicaid. Medicaid. What we pay into for our our senior health insurance when we're retired and don't have jobs, this is our health insurance that you, I, gets taken out of our check every week. They're paying $35,000 a month for that prescription, which is insane. Yes. So, like, he may not be directly fucking the everyday man, but he's indirectly fucking the everyday man. Because we all pay into it. We're all, you know, as K-Town says, paying your fucking taxes, but... The fuck are your taxes going for? I'm paying this rich ass motherfucker to jack at the exactly, price for exactly when he could just exactly suffer for what's worth, and we're all good. To kind of wrap this up, yeah, he is currently in federal prison. Actually, I should have looked this up, but what is, do you know his sentence? He's got seven years. He got seven years, and this is for the. This is not having to do with the price gouging and the uh, yeah. with Daraprim. He got seven years for the SEC fraud and the securities fraud. Uh, by the sec for fucking lying to his investors with the with the retro prim company and all that stuff so really the the dare prim thing put him like it it catapulted him into the spotlight and made him like a target for uh all these pharmaceutical fucking uh problems and shit and with the his character like we're saying him being this kind of like fake bond villain character like he really kind of leaned into that villain and it was, I feel like it's one of those things where like, we're going to fucking fuck you for something. And this, he already had this in his past that was coming up. And I feel like they're like, now let's dig back into this shit and let's pin him to the wall. And it's kind of fucked up too, because then like, everybody's like, you know, all right, we, we fucked him. We fucked the farmer, bro. You know, pat ourselves on the back. We, you know, <laughs> like, but we, did I it. Th- we, we solved the problem. Yeah, exactly. We solved the whole pharmaceutical price gouging problem, but I think, I think he's just the poster boy for it. Even though he did it in like a, a, a like a major way, I think this is the type of thing that's happening all the time. I think that the the media kind of um, basically propped him up as a sort of lightning rod for everybody's frustration over price gouging, and yeah. he kind of embraced it because he's a fucking bastard. He just kind of embraced <laughs> it, and he was like, yeah, I'll be that guy. But honestly, he was making points where he was saying, like, look, like, other pharmaceutical companies do the exact same type of shit that I'm doing, um, but what he doesn't say is that they don't do it quite as dramatically as he did. He thought that he was making, like, a big move, and it just makes it so clear. And the thing is, is, like, uh, for one, he fucked himself by raising it that much. It obviously put him on the radar. And for two, like, this is just some guy who was, like, some poor kid scrub. He's not from the same class of people that are usually being hedge fund managers and whatnot. 
he's going to be a little bit easier to sink. He doesn't really know exactly what he's doing. And I don't think he really knew the same types of people or had the, the same type of attitude. I think he was a really easy person for them to sink, easy person for us to sink so we can, you know, get rid of him. He's in jail. And now we can say, oh, the problem is solved. Prowse gouging is solved, but it's clearly not. And we did mention also um, he was recently banned from ever participating in the pharmaceutical industry again. So even when he gets out of prison, he will not be able to get back into that. I don't know exactly what, yeah. what do you think his plan might be when he gets out. Uh, I, I don't know, dude. I think this is really kind of what fucked him. I think part of the reason why he got banned, he's also ordered to pay $64 million, too. Um, but mm. oh, part of the yeah, reason he got point. banned is because I think uh, <clears throat> not too long ago, he was found. First of all, he's he's doing like cookie cutter time in like a federal prison. He's doing like as far as time goes, he's doing like the softest time you could probably do. But yeah, he's going to he, be out in September 2023. Well... I don't know, man. Fucking he's got he's possibly going to be facing new charges, man, because he was found with a cell phone in his fucking uh, in his cell, which is contraband. Oh, of yeah, course. it's true. Yeah. And um, how the what the fuck is this dude doing? He was running. <laughs> like, I'll tell you what the fuck he was doing. He was fucking running his company to the, his, his successor, making moves like making shadow moves from his jail from his jail cell. And if 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 it's found out that that is what he was doing, they're gonna fucking slap him with some serious fucking t- that cookie cutter time he was doing is about to be done with, dude. Which again, dude, that's like that's drug dealer type shit. That's that's the type of things that drug dealers do when they go to to prison. But he does not have that sort of network to be able to like pay off like uh you, you know guards and police and all these sorts of things. He's just this dude is so in over his head, man. He really thinks that he's like this sort of I don't know. I feel like we're actually kind of leading into the final segment. Should we wrap this thing on up? Yeah, 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 yeah. let's wrap it up. Let's wrap it up on Shkreli's. All right, so I'll go ahead. And I was already kind of talking, so I'll, I'll kind of wrap it up right there. But yeah, this guy, he's kind of a, he's, he's, I mean, let's, let's give some credit where credit's due. He was like a poor kid who kind of came up from nothing. Some people would consider that the American dream. Personally, I don't really have any respect for like, uh, like people that work the stock market. It's not, well, I don't know if I don't have respect for them, but it's just not something that I could imagine myself ever like admiring. I think that's just kind of whack, but he got into that world. He made his own money. Um, he built his way up. Uh, but this just proves that, like, the American dream is so much base. I mean, this these are the types of people that actually achieve the American dream and achieve it fast. People that manipulate uh, the numbers, people that kind of hack the system um, in order to basically just be bastards. You know, I mean, what, what he's doing basically is just kind of looking at the algorithms, working at the system, manipulating things in a way that will eventually benefit him money. He's doing the exact same thing that all these other corporations are doing. Um, he just isn't, he's an easy lighting, right? It's easy for us to get upset about him. So I don't know, maybe I'm a little bit over, I'm, I'm getting kind of in a bunch of different directions with it, but I'm just going to wrap it up by saying that, like, I don't think that the good times are killing us quite as much as we thought. Like, I think there's a lot more to this story. Uh, and the good times are killing us overall with the pharmaceutical industry as it is in the United States. But, uh, absolutely. When it comes to Martin Scarelli, man, he's a fucking bastard. The good times are totally killing us with Martin Scarelli. Martin Screlly, Martin Screlly, here you stand before us. I mean, you're really old news, but I guess yeah. you know you've been you've been washed back up because of this like this new fine that you've gotten and being banned from the phar- pharmaceutical industry. Which like, I mean, I mean, it's nothing to just glaze right over. This has been his whole life. He's had two pharmaceutical companies. Like, I don't know what he's gonna do. Like you said, Kate Town, what what he's gonna do after this? Now I have no fucking idea. You know uh he's a shitty dude you know i mean there's he's got a whole youtube like uh a following because he was streaming all through his sentencing or before his sentencing he was like kind of like live streaming his life playing like fucking uh what what was that game he was playing legends of fucking 
League, League, League of, of Legends? Legends. Yes, yes, he's playing. Le- so I'll, I'll I'll tell you what he's gonna do. He's gonna go, go the Jordan Belford route. Jordan Belford, the guy who Wolf was the Wolf Street? of Wall Street. Yeah. He literally his whole career now is just doing like YouTube videos and podcasts. He makes millions off of just being like, yeah, I fucked over the American taxpayer <laughs> and fucking raped everyone for what i could and i went to jail for a couple of years and i'm still successful as fuck fuck you yeah. like that's exactly what martin Squirrel i think is you be. might be right dude and people and fucking people eat it up nft bros crypto bros yeah. like they're gonna eat that shit up and he's gonna have a career for the rest of his life and he'll be he's set. already like this is just like a minor setback yeah, he's him. already got this like cult following on wall street bets uh reddit and stuff yeah man yeah martin screlly the good times are killing us i'm gonna give you a, a a soft good times are killing us i mean i don't like you but uh you're not you're not the worst person in the world and i think you were just really a scapegoat i mean most hated man in america he had to wear that but yeah good times are killing us. soft one for now until you come out and start doing youtube right. videos and shit so i, I i'll say this Yes, he is a product of something of a much larger evil. And and on the grand scale of things, like he's not the real root of the problems. The pharmaceutical companies are the real root of the problems. Our policies towards healthcare and our unregulated capitalism in this country is the root of the problems. But he is he is a special type of evil to me because he's saying he's doing this for the greater man. Like for for the the greater people and showing these problems that are apparent and just using the system, but he's now literally made himself the poster child and built himself up this cult following to inspire a whole nother generation of these types the of sociopaths. People. He is yeah, he is like their leader, their superhero. Like there are going to be like fucking kids that are going to grow up to want to be like him. He's inspired a whole. He's just like. A fucking like like uh fucking what's the incel fuddy duddy yeah fuddy duddy he's just like fuddy duddy like he's inspired a whole nother generation to have the same mindset and to have the same goals and to keep pushing us down this line and that to me is almost more evil than the pharmaceutical companies because I mean they're evil yeah they're doing it but like he's encouraging people to keep pushing this agenda. And to me, that's just as bad, if not worse, than these old dudes that are going to die off eventually. Like he's bringing up the new generation like of it. So to me, the good time he's like he's perpetuating like capitalistic it. greed, like for our, the next yeah, generation. He's he's showing some kid right now that it's cool to do this, yeah. and that Gross. at the end of the day, nothing's really going to happen to you. You're going to do some time, but you're going to come out with street cred because you went to prison and a bunch of money. Oof. And this is some kids going to grow up and be like, Martin Screlly did it. I should do it too. And like that to me, the good times are killing us. Like, fuck them, dude. Yeah. When you, when you venerate, when you venerate unregulated capitalism like this, I mean, money hijacks your sense of morality. The only thing that matters that makes you a good person is just money makes you good. Cause that's yeah. what the system is telling us. Hey, every uh, day of our lives. Chris, you want to tap in real quick? Chris here. So I'm, I'm about to tie in. K-Town and Payne together and, and what they just spoke on. It, that's really good because they're just starting to fuck with each other again. So that's really good. It's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> thank we, thank we God. All, actually, I, I tried to get Payne to explain how much he does fuck with K-Town, how much K-Town fucks with him, and what that you know kind of balance was. So I'm about to tie in K-Town and Payne's together because 
what is the American dream? We all want to believe in the American dream where you can start with nothing and build a life and build some income in the most perfect life and be at the top of things. But it's now more prevalent that what you have to fuck over other people to do so. As K-Town was saying, is, is, is that the new American dream? Because that's exactly what he did. That's exactly what he is like. Well, I found my way in. I found my way in. I, I, I broke the system to a point. I broke the system. I found my way in through the algorithm and, and figuring out what all these, you know, and, people do. And now it's going to be celebrated. But still ended up fucking over everyone else. I'm going I'm to I'm let you finish, but it's like the meme where it's like the two astronauts on the moon and he's like, <laughs> wait, the American dream, you have to fuck over other people in order to like... Yeah, the American dream is end-stage capitalism. It always has been. It always right. has been, baby. It's always has so been. So it, is that the only way in? Because I don't want to believe in that. I want to believe that, you know, if I can get to the top, I'm prospering. We're all prospering from where we, we became when we were 10 years ago knowing each other to now... We're all kings. We're all prospering. We're all doing good. But do we have to fuck over other people to really get to that next level? Well, we can ask ourselves: This is this the same thing as like uh of what what the dream that we were sold as Americans for like hey these bananas are helping strengthen the industry of these Central American countries. Yeah, yeah. that's the that's yeah. Meanwhile, we were believing this lie, and there it's like these people are getting they're fucked raping so, them. They're yeah, they're getting fucked so we can maybe have a banana or probably go bad on our counter. Yeah. <laughs> May, I, I, right. Wait, I'm seeing a theme for this episode. Hold on. So, <laughs> yeah. so at New the end of the day, loading. are the good times killing us? Yes. Martin Scarelli, fuck you. Yeah, the good times killing us. Yes, I understand that you have the American dream and you thought you were doing something. You're you're making something of yourselves and trying to be better. But then he fell into the same pitfall where it's you can only do so by fucking over all these people. No, the good times are killing us. And. If we don't want the good times to actually kill us, people got to act different. They got to be better. Do better, Martin Screlly. Do better, uh, Chiquita Bananas. <laughs> you know what I'm going to say to wrap up the, this uh, this episode is we did a Tales from the Abyss. What we really explored was the abyss of the human soul. Mm-hmm. The abyss of the human soul of the American unregulated, unfettered capitalist soul. The way that degrades our soul capitalistic uh, greed we had that is the abyss we we had <laughs> we had one more story <laughs> but yeah, you know we'll we didn't just... mention the mole man of las vegas but we're gonna have to let them finish and <laughs> get back to them another time if you I'm be really, real we don't have much they got nothing better to do than finish if you really, if we'll you guys really want to hear us talk about the moment, if we if we tickled your dick a little bit and now you're pissed because we're not going to get into the moment, then you should learn about consent and shut the fuck up. <laughs> if you want us to, if you want to hear a quick take, now I swear we can do a, a quick like live video one day and just talk. It'll be a 15 minute video. We'll talk about the moment. If you want that. Follow us on Facebook. Ask us on there at the Good Times Are Killing Us podcast, or you could hit us up on Instagram at Good Times Killing Us podcast, or shoot K Town a tweet over at Good underscore Times underscore Dead. And also, uh, if, uh, you, if uh, you want to give us a call and leave a message, you can call us at seven five seven six five six nine zero nine zero. Again, if you want to call, leave us a message. We will play it right here on the air. You can give us a call at seven five seven six five six nine zero eight zero. All US, right, baby. All right, there it is. There's our episode. There's our. There's your. There's your tales. There you go. You greedy Ooh, capitalistic your tales from pigs. the abyss. <laughs>
shit. Uh, all right, guys. All right. Uh, Payne, you want to shut it down? Shut it down, man. All right, y'all. Thank y'all so much for listening. Our intro music is by Detter Mean. Our logo is designed by Rusty Painter. And you know what, guys? Uh, shit. I mean, I have realized that, uh, in fact, if you consume a great number of products, if you engage with the capitalist system of this country the way that it is, there's a good chance you're responsible for many, many people being fucking. <laughs> Reagan was like, nah, motherfucker. This is in 1928. A little bit before. Yeah, a little bit before Reagan. But <laughs> no, no, Reagan was still sucking dick back then. It's chill. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Nancy, 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 Nancy. Throat goat. Throat goat. Throat goat. I've heard of that. Yeah, wasn't she known as like uh, to, to be a... Uh, yeah, my girl, my girl, my girl gave top, bro. Really? <laughs> yeah, Nancy apparently before she was the first lady was like, the throat goat of Hollywood. Like that's what she was known for was like giving head to everyone. What you're known like, for on this podcast is breaking like, stories, baby. Because this is literally, literally Nan- Nancy Reagan was like gherking the whole squad. <laughs> she was gherking the whole team, the whole squad, bro. The whole team, everybody, Damn. Chuck, Larry, Bobby I, Smith. I, I lo- no, I love that for her. <laughs>